0: hi everyone welcome back to the digital look reads this is our seventh episode which is kind of wild to think about we're still doing it we're still Still here. doing
1: it <laughs> so consistent My... <laughs> this procrastinating. working
0: honestly i i feel like once we hit a year i'll, I'll just be like so
1: proud of ourselves. (laughs) Yeah we've done it we've made it you guys.
0: (laughs) We produced 12 episodes. Yeah Uh, it's going on my resume. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'm Savannah. I'm Miss
1: N. And what book are we talking about this month? So for this month we're reading Finding the Mother Tree, Discovering the Wisdom of the Forest by Suzanne Simard. So in this book, uh, the author brings us into her world, the intimate world of the trees, in which she illuminates the fascinating and vital truths that trees are not simply the source of timber or pulp, but are a complex, interdependent circle of life, that forests are social, cooperative creatures connected through underground networks by which trees communicate their vitality and vulnerabilities, within communal lives not that different from our own that's that's a mouthful but <laughs> that's a mouthful but it was a, a very interesting like book to definitely read yeah how much uh how, how how far did you get into it so I did have a busy month though so I was uh, at 15 percent <laughs> um but I, I will definitely be continuing to read it how about yourself
0: I made it to 35%, so it's oh very surprising. God. First time I've
1: <laughs> surpassed me in the nonfiction realm.
0: I know. Um, I don't know how I did it. I just got lucky this month, I guess. <laughs> and I was just really dedicated for one day. <laughs> so good.
1: I do wonder if we're ever going to have a book where we completed.
0: I like both of us at the same time
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: i'm hoping next month. i'm hoping next month will be we have five more books to <laughs> give this a shot <laughs> well there is this is just you know for the listeners um like some tidbit we might have a shorter book that we might read that i'm gonna pitch for september so maybe maybe that maybe. one okay there's potential <laughs> we'll, we'll
1: see <laughs> so let's talk about this big book though
0: yeah on this book i think um i guess the first question i had for you is that like this is a very it's an interesting book in how the author chose to write it because she really mixed in uh like her own sort of like memoir like a narrative and but then also included some like really like deep in-depth like science-based storytelling Uh um Which I found was like I thought it was really interesting that she did it, and I, I, I enjoyed it. But I also found that like in certain parts, I was like, "This is a bit too dense for me." Mm-hmm, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So like the science portion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. 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 I think it was interesting for sure. Like I, I love like storytelling um, in books, so I, I particularly enjoyed it. Um, even though some of some of the sciencey stuff, like. Sometimes it, like, kind of, like, went above my head. Um, But it's interesting because, and we were talking about this before, um, you start really understanding where their passions kind of came about and why they're so fascinated with this topic. And with this one, it's it's about trees. It's about, like, how she got into, you know, this field. And it's so cool because then it's, like, uh, if I recall correctly, like, her – Like she started really understanding like all of the connections between trees and all that stuff, because she was so curious about like why some I I can't remember too well like the first part, but like why something was like not working. So she went to the library and like started researching and all that stuff, right? Um, But yeah, it's like just so interesting like that spark of curiosity in a field, and then you start, and then like she starts explaining it to the audience what that like finding was, right? So I think that was cool to to kind of show the audience, okay, this is this is why I'm passionate about this, why I'm excited about this and then also try to explain or or let the audience in and on some of those findings. How about you? What did you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like it was I def- I remember reading like the foreword and <laughs> I think at the time cuz she mentions how like she includes like the scientific names for the trees but she wasn't going to include like the actual scientific names for most of like the fungus like the fungi that she talks about I guess because like it's just so expansive and I I think when I read that I was like okay I'm I'm, I'm gonna be like learning <laughs> I'm gonna be learning something that I haven't I haven't really uh I don't I mean I haven't touched a science book since maybe college yeah. I don't uh it's been a while um but I I did really enjoy it like I I think how she blended sort of like the the sort I don't know like it it felt like she was just continuously telling a story which was nice because I think it was really interesting how she sort of like related certain moments of her life or like her her family's lives like because they used to work in forestry and logging. Um, And so she kind of opens up on the scene, like describing sort of where her family has come from and in terms of the area and like what she has experienced and what she knows and sort of seeing the contrast of how much the industry has shifted. Because I think like when her family started logging it was they were like very specific about what types of trees that they would take down there was such an abundance of like Mm -hmm. forests that they didn't really necessarily have to like worry but they were also Mm -hmm. really focused on having like just sustainable practices and like i think the section that you're talking about where like when i think it was like her internship or something she was going to look at um a a piece of land that had been clear-cut and then she was checking on the sort of like, the the plantations, like the new trees that they had planted to see where they were at. And when she came across them, they were all sort of dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, why is this happening? Because in her experience, especially witnessing it through her family, like that wasn't a thing. Yeah. When they planted trees again, in the spots of trees that they had taken down, there was never an issue where like the trees never uh, died or, or stopped thriving. Mm-hmm. um so it was like a really i really liked how she opened it up in that way of like sort of going back into time and explaining like her history and sort of like her roots mm-hmm. as you will um and then i see what you did in- there okay, cool. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and then literally looking at roots of trees and trying to figure out like what is the issue here yeah uh, and I think there were some parts where she would start tell, like talking about something. I mean, you could probably talk to it too about how it was a little bit confusing listening to it as an audiobook where you're like, where is this yes. like the importance of this section? Yes. Um, but I do think that like maybe she was using it as sort of like a tool of like, like trees have families and mm. she has a family. Like that's yes. sort of where I was sort of, getting it but I,
1: at the time I was like I don't I'm not sure yes yes yeah, yeah I think we were yeah we talked about this before we started recording where so I was reading it uh via an audiobook and I think you were reading it um like digitally like a yeah. text right yes yeah and I think like and I think I also encountered this during last um for the June episode where um <laughs> for audiobooks sometimes authors don't put chapters like chap this is chapter three or whatever like an mm-hmm. intro to each chapter so it was so fascinating um because i was like you know li- listening to it and i was talking about like uh her work in the forest and then the next paragraph it transports you to this ranch and she goes and visits her brother, and I was so confused, because I was like, wait, what do you mean, like, the brother, what do you mean someone's riding a bull, and then, like, like I'm so confused. Are we still in the forest? Is there a bull in the forest? <laughs> um, but I think you're right, though. I think it's, it, it paints a fuller picture of the person um, and their community, right, and, like, what's like as a memoir, what's cool about this book is that you do get to know her and her life and her her family. So it's it's pretty yeah, it's pretty interesting like that parallels that she draws. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I mean I just thought of that.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize that but when it's I was very reading. smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a very smart <laughs> parallel though.
0: But it does make sense, you know, now when I think about it, that like she's talking about how trees maintain this these like familial relationships and i mean like the title is called finding the mother tree
1: yeah we haven't
0: got to the point where she finds the mother tree but she does yeah. sort of reference it in the beginning that like there is this network and maybe there are you know mother trees that you take care of like the the ones that are like their offspring mm-hmm. um and sort of that connection that is formed and i mean throughout throughout the like the 35% that I read, she is really sort of deep within that research of like understanding these sort of like networks. And I guess um, it's kind of, I don't know, it's interesting because it it seems like she was so on like the forefront of her field Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: she references it, especially in the beginning of the book that like, you know, some of the, like she wanted to do this research, but there wasn't anything backing it up. Yeah, So she was sort of like, doing all of this testing for the first time, which is mm-hmm. actually like really cool for like a female, like a woman to, to be doing this. And, and I would assume is like a very male dominated industry.
1: Yeah. For um,
0: sure. And, and then to sort of, cause you, when you think of families, it's like, it's such a feminine thing, right? Like mm-hmm. only women think about families and for they're sure. like, they're the mother trees or whatever, right? Like they, yeah. they're the connectors. So um yeah, I wonder if she went into writing this book knowing she was going to, like, build those parallels and that's why mm. she included the memoir. Because, I mean, if it was just, like, strictly a science-based this is, like, how trees yeah. develop relationships and networks, yeah. I don't know if I would have read it. I think yeah, it would have right. been uh, just, like, a little... I, I think it would have been too much for me.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good kind of hook in some ways, right, yeah. to kind of... Uh, soften the because sometimes when you read like super dense like sciencey books it can be intimidating especially if you didn't like i mean i like science when i was when i was growing up but i don't know that i um like i i didn't take like science and oh actually wait i took psychology i forgot about that (laughs) well social sciences I guess yeah yeah yeah. but like not like like hard science was like kind of intimidating for me so um yeah so yeah, I think it's a good way to kind of introduce get you back in there and be yeah, like That's yeah, yeah. Really interesting. And you've read like a few other tree books, right? Yeah. And I don't I don't it, it wasn't like intentional of like, oh, I love trees so much. Um, I think it was just a recommendation and um I started read yeah, I started getting really interested in it and that this is why like we started reading this for this month, but The first one I read um, was during the early days of the pandemic. And it was a book called The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Wolben. And it was talking about, I think it was, I mean, I think that one was also um, sort of like a memoir, but it had more, I think it had more um, science-y stuff. Um, But he was also a forester. And I thought it was so interesting. It really opened my eyes to to, like, that whole notion of, like, trees being more than what I knew. And Mm. I think, like, when I was growing up, when I was learning about, like, trees, I don't know about you, but it was, like, just about, like, the cells or, like, the ecosystem and how you... Photosynthesis. Exactly, right? It's, like, it's, it's very singular. It's very about, like, the tree itself, but not really talking about how it is connected to it has like a a whole root system a whole like well what this book is talking about and what that book was talking about like a a, like a fungal network that Mm -hmm. like they use to communicate right and that just like blew my mind of like wow like trees have a way of communicating with each other and communicating their wisdom to other trees or to other organisms and then even passing that on and i was just like whoa if like my science teachers were teaching me like this I would have also become a forester or a tree person I feel
0: yeah I actually I I did get that sense too like when I when I was reading it especially when she started getting into uh this is probably like a little bit after what you've gone through but where she starts really talking about like the research of it all and how she was able to you know, she was building like hypothesis, and, and she was actually able to like receive grant money to actually scientifically see if it is a thing. Um, I was like, Oh, my God, like, I would love to do this. But <laughs> like obviously, I'm like, I'm not a science based or like math person at all. Um But I feel like research is really interesting. So she portrayed it in like this really cool way. And I mean, Gio was also doing it sort of um, just based on, like, this whole, like, you know, this this thing that she witnessed, you know, when, like, she first is starting to explore, like, why are these trees dying or why did they die? And she starts talking about, like, this fungal network that she noticed. And also she had, like, a really great way of describing them, like, talking about, like, the colors and, like, the webbing and, yes. and sort of, like, acknowledging. Because I guess it was something that she had also, like, looked at when she was younger like she had noticed like you know like the yellow veining and like the oranges and pinks and um I've never thought to dig around like a base of a tree to see the root system in that way but like I like I know that there are root systems I've kind of like my mom actually like worked in forestry for a while too I was really young at the time so I don't really know much but I, I like she's always had books about trees and like um uh, a lot of people in my family like they'll be like oh that's a pine tree that's a poplar like they can they they know like and they know all like the subsections uh which is kind of fascinating because I'm always they're pointing things out and I'm like I I don't know I'm like only now can I like point out a cedar tree and that's sometimes like <laughs> or I'll be like that tree is a lilac tree because it has lilacs <laughs> I can only I can only point it out in the summer.
1: <laughs> but it's so interesting, right, of, like, once you start, you know, once you start, like, looking around when you're walking or something. Like, I think I had that experience when I was reading the other book where after reading that book, I started, like, well, when, during my walks, I started, like, really, like, looking. Like, I, I stared at a bark for a long period of time. And I was, like, oh, my gosh, like, it is different for – I know this seems like so like obvious, but like the bark is different for every single tree, and I'm just like, oh man, like I was not paying attention at all before. But every it it, every tree has its own story, and I was just like, dang, like I you miss out on so much when you just kind of like not think about it or not really see it, right? Or you don't
0: have. I mean, like I am kind of grateful that like my family is very aware of it but I also wasn't being like shown in a way that was interesting to me like they were pointing things out but I I feel like if they pointed it out and then brought me to that tree right then I'd be like then I'd be be like oh yeah this is this is a pine tree of this variation (laughs) Or, or whatever um but it is like I do like how the book sort of kind of makes you feel like a kid again because she starts off in a way that really describes like all of this information and so you're able to sort of like go through that process with her which I think is really Mm -hmm. it's really nice because you're not necessarily just being like plopped into like this is the science these are the facts of it all but she's able to be like I think it's like the questioning piece that like just really helps like she is trying to find an answer and you know that at the end of the book she's gonna like hand it over to you but you're sort Mm -hmm. of going on this like exploration with her
1: yeah um,
0: which I which I really appreciate and love
1: yeah same I think mm-hmm. yeah I think like that hits the point of what research is right that's so exciting to scientists or researchers of like like these people are like what you were saying before it's like there's not like an established form of knowledge right so a lot of people that go into research or go and become scientists it's because they're they're really curious about how the world works We're really curious about how something like why something is happening. So the way that she was able to describe it, I think that was really like a good way to kind of like show, okay, this is why it's not just boring. (laughs) It's not just like, you know, it's not like something that's like intimidating, but it's actually like, this is why people get into this kind of field.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if she had, if, if this was like her dissertation paper, on and it was literally called like the mother tree oh yeah a hundred percent like I would not read a scientific article about this because (laughs) I know there's going to be like graphs and like oh gosh numerical information I'd be like I don't know how to read this (laughs) yeah but her being like there's like this thing called a fungal network and she's trying to figure out how this incorporates into the networking of trees yeah just made it that more more like that much more fascinating Uh, because I I actually like I with you like when I think when I feel like when I was in school and I was learning about trees like they just sort of talked about like I think they had mentioned like the root system but they definitely did not talk about how trees are sort of like their root systems are connected together Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I feel like I sort of realized that maybe when I was a little bit older and I started thinking of it like because you always hear about like you know with like globalization and like climate change like yeah that trees are sort of they do have a network and they're able to to draw water to certain areas or they kind of like inform each other like if there is an area that is sort of like dead to like not grow there um but it is interesting that like she was able to figure out that there's a fungal system that's helping inform and also um this is a little bit later on but she she talks about how like there's these types of like fungal networks that help pull in water Mm. Uh, so like if there's a drought they're actually helping feed the Mm. trees and then the trees are feeding them with like their own sap so it's like a relationship yeah
1: yeah I think yeah I think I'm on there now where it's yeah it's it's like a filter in some ways and it's Mm -hmm. like such a symbiotic relationship and it's like like an in between and like I think she even asked like she's like oh why why would the tree let this (laughs) why would the tree feed this thing that's Mm -hmm. like getting water from it or whatever and yeah it's so fascinating like how how even like in that like system there's like some kind of collaboration going on right
0: yeah yeah well it's like it's very reminiscent of like I feel like I have this conversation with people all the time about how, like, if you think about humans and like our population, like right now we live in this very like disjointed community-based thing where like our communities are built online. We don't live close to each other that much. And we don't have like neighborhoods where we connect with each other. Whereas like, you know, hundreds of years ago, we like we had towns where everybody knew each other. first and last name we had these like connections and we were really collaborative and we were reliant upon like supporting each other um so it's fascinating that like trees are doing this and like humans were doing this and now like we're not doing it anymore and it's impacting like not only like human behavior but it's also sort of impacting nature in a way Mm, because mm -hmm. we're I, I mean, she talks about it, how, like, you know, with the amount of, like, pesticide and the testing and, and them, like, really trying to, um, like, these companies were really trying to make as much profit as possible by planting, you know, a very specific ty- like type of tree. Yeah. But killing all of the other plantation around it, yeah. it was impacting them where, like, they weren't growing and they weren't surviving, they weren't thriving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was, like, well, maybe these trees need something. Maybe they do need, you know, these other like saplings or these other trees or these yeah. other plants to help them grow. Um, but I feel like I, I don't know, I feel like logically it makes sense mm-hmm. that there would be like this system yeah of like networking and that like relationship, but maybe it's not logical. Like I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I I I almost feel like like your story that that thing around like um trying to make more profit. I I that part was also a bit. I'm like, "Oh man, like we really have this tendency of wanting to control, like feeling like we know better than nature." Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe I don't know, but sometimes it's like we do, we really don't. Like nature has evolved many, many hundreds of You know, and it's, like, we are missing information that it already has. And, like, we decide to plant, like, trees that are not native to the land. And then, obviously, it's not gonna... I I think it was, like, the first part, right? Where they were, like, planting trees because that tree... Like, it had, I don't know, it was, like, a, a good quality of wood or something. Yeah, yeah. And then because of that it kind of it wasn't a native species though so it kind of affected like the whole area around it so and then so that you you don't have healthy like trees to begin with right so it it's so hard i feel like it's like that delicate balance that we have to do of like being humble enough to know that we we don't really know as much as Mm -hmm. we do well it, it kind of i mean we we touched upon this before
0: the we started recording but um I think it's in like chapter two of the book where she talks about uh like a summer that she spent with um like another like a friend of hers that she had made like within another internship where they were I don't know if they were like plotting out areas or if they were just like checking trees but um this person tells her about how you know in the indigenous communities in that area like they are very mindful of like networks of trees and they have these sort of like um, I don't want to say like traditions but they have this knowledge of how these systems work um and to me like I like growing up with that sort of same thing of like um having access to an indigenous knowledge and like these types of stories where it talks about creation and how things are so connected um is really it's fascinating to me that like it has been known these stories have survived in some way through colonization albeit like not as much as we should have like a lot of stuff has been lost um but the fact that like that was known for so long for thousands of years and then colonization happens it gets lost and now scientists are revisiting and finding confirmation that these stories do have some the, validity to them right like it's it's kind of fascinating how we're kind of like like evolving but also devolving in Mm. some way like the the decolonization of information is really fascinating to me because I'm like you know like indigenous people I don't know how I don't know how they know I don't Mm -hmm. I honestly like it's stories it's oral traditions that are passed down Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I I don't know like obviously how like how they just like inherently knew but it's Mm -hmm. like I mean it's almost like, you know, they grew up in nature and they yeah. they looked at things yeah. and they studied things yeah. and they <laughs> they like communed with these things. I mean like at least in my in my culture, it's very much focused that like every level, every living thing is you know connected like even like your the rocks, like the rocks are your ancestors mm-hmm. and trees are your ancestors. Like we're all family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's like respect and there's like acknowledgement or, um, uh, there's always like these, like these protocols of like, you know, if you're going to like, like if I'm going to get like cedar, uh, or like birch bark, if I'm going to go to a tree and I'm going to get birch bark, I'm going to put tobacco down mm-hmm. as an offering to say like, thank you. I appreciate you. I acknowledge you. And then you leave that tree alone and then you go find another tree. So you always leave like the first one um, because you never know if it's going to be the last one. So it, right. it has like this embedded, like uh sort of cycle of like renewal, I guess. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's fascinating to me when it's like white people are like, wow, I guess these are true. And I'm like, well, maybe if you had <laughs> listened, or, you know, yeah, we, we could have been in a much better place. <laughs> yeah. um, but we talked about it with you because like you're, you're Filipino, right? So, uh, and you said like, obviously the Philippines have been colonized quite immensely too. So it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting. Like also it's a very oral, like there's a lot of oral traditions that have been lost too.
1: Yeah. Like we have a lot of stories, like just like stuff that you hear, whether like explaining like things around nature and all that stuff. Right. Um, But it's so interesting because like, I mean, obviously, like, I left, I left, like, when I was eight or nine, so I, I wasn't, I don't fully know, like, the full history, um, but it's so interesting, because, like, Philippines was, like, heavily colonized to the extent that, like, some of these stories, like, are totally lost, and so you would hear some of it, but it's not so prevalent in our, like, it's not, it's, it, like, the importance of it is not, it's just, like, oh, it's mm-hmm. just, like, it's just those stories, like, it, it's it's not, like, something that we really hold close. And that kind of makes me sad because it it feels like because we were colonized so much, I think we were colonized by the Spanish and then the Japanese and then I think the Americans. So there's so many different, like, colonizers for our Mm -hmm. country that um, a lot of these, like, I, I heard from my dad that, like, he was, like, saying, like, for a lot of these, like, colonizers, like, they really tried to push back on, like, the belief like those kind of like oral traditions and instead try to force like whatever like you know just so that they can control I guess like you know Mm -hmm. who they're trying to colonize um so it's kind of sad in that way because I feel like a lot of the knowledge that has been that could have been passed down is probably lost and like that kind of like um sense of identity of like Mm -hmm. knowing the land and knowing like that history is lost, like, I don't know, but it's something that, like, is kind of sad, but maybe I'll find out if I start digging around. (laughs) I mean, I do, I do feel like,
0: maybe it's just because I have, like, you know, I I attend different, like, festivals where they have, like, Indigenous people from different countries Mm -hmm. attend, but I feel like there is sort of, like, a resurgence of, like, Indigenous sovereignty happening in all these countries. Like, it's not just like indigenous people aren't just for North America. Like it's, it's for every, every country there's, there's an indigenous group that, you know, are the, the sort of stewards of the land. Uh, so I do, I, I don't know. I, maybe last year, I feel like I heard that there was like some like indigenous communities sort of restructuring in the Philippines, but it will be really interesting to see like how that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, also like indigenous rights and every like that it's such a topic like it's so vast and For sure. but it is interesting to me that like there are always similarities yeah. like in the stories or like the yeah. culture or like how like the traditions of things you know yeah. like the oral like just oral narratives or like you know songwriting or like dancing or like
1: yeah.
0: just like the different aspects of things and it's like this is where I'm like I get so frustrated when it comes to like colonization because I'm like I know. I understand that we need to have science. Yeah. But why did we have to like erase
1: I everything know. first? Like right? could we not have had both? I know. It, it's so interesting that you say that like around like the commonalities around like dance or storytelling and all all of that stuff. Like I think it's like just going to the core of human experiences, right? And going back to what you're saying about like community and I think if you go back to like, those very early, early traditions, it's really built on that, right? Like, how do they pass knowledge to each other? How do they pass, you know, what they know about, like, how to even survive in the land? It's like, you Mm -hmm. need to find a way to, like, really strengthen your community and to find a way to better connect. So I I don't know what it was like. I mean, obviously, I wasn't born in that that (laughs) stage. But I would think that because their survival depended on um, that passing of knowledge and having that strong community, they might have had better ways of communicating or at least like knowing, like being more in tune with each other or how to communicate than maybe now where we're kind of a little bit more disjointed like you were saying earlier. Yeah, 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 it's true. It's,
0: uh, I I mean, I feel like it's a whole other topic just thinking about, I'm like, the world (laughs) I know the world how did we come to be now I'm just
1: gonna get existential (laughs) I randomly like read although I don't see I I read like all these random stuff so like I randomly read something around like space and just like the vastness of space and all of that stuff and I I was just like I think it was like um, around physics as well and my mind was just like It is so, the world is so fascinating where it's like, we can be so hyper-focused on like what's happening here because it is so complex, but also the world outside of this world is also just as complex. And you're like, yeah. and I don't have infinite amount of, you know, years to actually (laughs) understand everything. It is just
0: so wild. No wonder why, like, you know, when you think about like philosophers and how they would just like sit. And think about like one specific thing. Yes. And you're like, how? But then like you get older and you're like, I could just think about like space and time. Yeah. And like these big like questions, but I have to, you know, work for a living. (laughs) Darn work. (laughs) I know. And I mean this is probably falls back to like, you know, maybe like what if I just become a researcher in forestry and then I just like work? like with trees all the time. Um, But I I probably won't. I'm probably not that dedicated
1: to. (laughs) (laughs) But that brings us to that uh, question that you had before around, or at least like, because in the book, she mentions like how she got into this, because of like her experiences with her family, but also um, because of that internship, right? And we wanted to kind of talk about how I guess segue into our own lives around like our careers where Mm -hmm. it's so fascinating how early like early entries into specific careers can really like really shape you in ways that you didn't really expect that it would right yeah yeah well yeah it's like for me um
0: I was in like a bachelor of journalism program and the only reason why I went into it was because I wanted to write And I didn't think I had, like, the chops to do creative writing um, really enough, but I was like, storytelling, journalism, this works. And also, like, I didn't, I think I only, like, I only needed to have, like, my university math and English, (laughs) like, from my, um, uh, I guess, like, my high school diplomas, like, those credits. Yeah. But. um,
1: Did you think you were going to be a
0: reporter, like a beat reporter? I guess I guess so like I went into it and I was like let's see yeah um I was actually like really I remember I think it was my first year we had a really good class on uh it was like intro to like news or something and they talked about like the different types of beats and you know where you could get into and I was sort of interested in like crime reporting Mm. um, and also one of my professors um Siobhan Moore she that's what she used to do and so she had like this really great syllabus and she I think it was like year two she had that class and I just remember being like so keen in that class mm-hmm. it was like a 9 a.m class too but I oh, was wow. like I was like front and center I loved listening to it um but then it was also like you know it's also kind of like traumatizing when you think about because you're reporting on all these like sort of grisly things and yeah. there's that sort of like the ethical concern of like, when does it become sensationalized news? Yeah. And so that it was, it was actually like really fascinating, but I think like up until year three, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to work for some media organization um, and, and do it. And then I got an internship between my third and fourth year um, with the Pan Am and Parapan Am games that mm-hmm. happened in Toronto. Uh, it was a year before the games Um. And I entered into uh, it was a digital content team. I think the only reason why they hired me was because I knew how to make infographics, and they were really interested in that. Which surprisingly, I did not work on any infographics <laughs> during that time. That but I had like, very
1: graphic design. So you, your entry into digital was more <laughs> graphic design, I guess. I
0: I guess so. They, I mean, like it's actually kind of fascinating because like the program I took was really focused on like providing us with like a ton of skill sets like I learned how to code I had to build a website I obviously like you have to learn how to write and you know have grammar and you know create a story learn how to talk I guess I I still (laughs) I I can't do that
1: (laughs) (laughs) your story is uh, very uh, riveting right now (laughs)
0: But there were also things where, like, you know, we like. I think I literally that third year I took like a, it was like an infographic course. And uh, we also had to learn how to grab like statistical data, like mm. if we were pulling stuff from like Google Maps or whatever, like just oh, how wow. to formulate stats into something that was graphic and visually engaging.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then I also had like video and photo editing and like audio editing. Uh, courses I had taken so I think it was just like the the accumulation of all those things that's cool. that they were really like interested in um and I, I forget why I, I, I applied to it like just out of the blue like it was just one of those things I was really keen on getting an internship with CBC um I remember like getting the phone call and doing like the pre-interview while I was waiting for the streetcar like I was I had just left my class and I was waiting for the streetcar and they were asking me all these questions they were like are you interested in sports or whatever and I was like I've heard of the Pan Am I've heard of sports (laughs) I know sports sports is cool I can talk about sports all day winning (laughs) the Olympics this is the Olympics qualifier (laughs) um but yeah, I, I honestly, I'm I'm amazed I got into it. Um, but then I was really grateful because like the entire, like that entire summer, I learned how to like, I I drafted mm-hmm. tweets. I learned how to like actually work on a functioning website. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to like shoot video and take photos for social. Like it was it was actually like pretty foundational in my skill set that I still utilize today in my job but mm-hmm. because of that internship that's the only reason why I got into digital communications
1: oh wow that's nice
0: yeah like my fourth year the entire time I was like I'm graduating with this degree but I'm not gonna take like I'm not gonna go into journals and I'm, gonna, oh, wow. I'm gonna find a job in digital comms yeah
1: that's it so was wild. it was so like it
0: completely like redirected my my career path
1: if you hadn't taken that internship you would have done something else
0: I would have I don't think I would have gotten the CBC internship I mean I could have I I I know I bombed the interview but um it like yeah it's crazy I could have been a journalist but I think digital comms is actually probably a lot better for me
1: yeah yeah it's your call we would not have met if you honestly yeah yeah in journalism
0: but your your career like you've done a lot of like really
1: cool things
0: you kind of like yes. you, you've pivoted a lot
1: I it's because I changed my mind a lot and then I end up I mean, that's not a, bad thing. a that's, bunch of things yeah that's cool I think like it like I had a similar thing in terms of like my first ever actual like real adult job after school was an internship for a digital agency but actually like I, that is like the story I tell everyone but then to be honest with you um I got into digital comms, I think way before, like, this was, like, because I saw my cousin making websites way back, and I was, like, I want to also make websites, so, like, I was, like, into, Same. like, <laughs> making websites because he was making one, um, and then I got into graphic design, I enrolled in, like, graphic design school, but then I got bored, and so I dropped out after one year, no, after one week, not one year um and then (laughs) same time frame same time frame it felt like a year (laughs) oh my god um and then I went into psychology um but the thing was like when I was in school um because nobody I guess like when you're in a school that doesn't have a design like designer web uh program nobody really knows how to do websites so I kept getting jobs like student jobs to like maintain yeah. websites and I'm like okay sure like I need the money <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I somehow like, falls into it
1: yeah I like kept <laughs> getting into it um and so like that's how I kind of I guess got the job out of school like at this digital agency um but all I was doing for that one year was just analytics it was just mm. like looking at stats uh looking at metrics and you know telling people what they should do and Sometimes these people would not listen to you, and then I was like, "I wanna be on the other side and be like the social media person or the marketing person that mm-hmm. would get these stats and actually able to implement it so that's kind of like how my career got into where it is now, but it's it's so interesting how like you're saying like with your with your schooling, like all of these different skill sets kind of combine into helping you you know go to where you are now, and I think it's the same for me where. I think digital comms is really such a multidisciplinary field Yeah, that it's like, it can really, at the core of it, I think it is storytelling. I think it is communications, but it's really helpful when you have all of these other skill sets to pull from.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I feel like a lot of the times, like early on in my career, the only reason why I got jobs was because like, you know, you learn how to build one website or you learn how to do like some form of like website building. And then you're also like, well, I've also written for, you know, Twitter or I, wow. you know, I can take photos. Yes, They look at those sort of like hard skills and then they're like, well, we can like, you kind of, you can fit into this mold, but then, and then you start like developing other skills, like the copywriting or blogging or creating news. Like you just learn how to adapt. I feel like that's like digital comms is really like, you have to learn how to adapt really for quickly sure. Which keeps me, I mean, like, it keeps me on my toes all the time. For sure. Like, there's always something. Um, but I am kind of interested to see, like, what will I do next?
1: I know, What's, right? What, what so am I going to do?
0: Maybe I'll become a researcher. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I'll I'll go analyze things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aww.
0: Um. I guess we're nearing the end of this episode. Is there anything else that you
1: want to discuss um I guess this I should have asked you this well I guess this was related in terms of your question on memoir slash science base um yeah but this is more of like an initial question my first was like what was your first impressions of the book and like what mm. was like yeah what pulled you in I guess you kind of talked about it already but yeah
0: I mean yeah like I feel like it was a book that you had recommended um and I don't know, I feel like maybe it's because I am sort of reconnecting to like my indigenous roots or there's just something that I do find interesting, like learning about trees, um, maybe because it reconfirms some of like my own like cultural knowledge. But I think my first impression was like, this will be really interesting because I do love, I, I feel like it's, I mean, it's probably like that hidden, the hidden life of trees. Um it's like you get to learn about like this new thing that you mm. may not have actually like, I don't know how much I would have, I, I, I definitely wouldn't have known about like the fungal network sure. and, and how that is. Um, and then, but I would say like my, my first impression were, was when I read that like acknowledgements page yeah. and I was like, okay, there's going to be some science here. I
1: will need to be thinking. <laughs> <of this
0: book. laughs> it's also like whenever we have like a nonfiction book, I'm always like, okay, I got to like, I gotta gotta make sure I sit down and read something because I know I will avoid it.
1: It's so interesting that you have that reaction because that's like the kind of reaction I get for fiction books where I'm like, okay, I am diving into this world and I need to be like, I need to dedicate like half a day so that I can like dive into this world and understand their characters and like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's hilarious. I guess it's, like, just different styles of reading, it. Eh?
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, like, I don't mind reading nonfiction, but I feel like a lot of the content is so dense that you really do need to sit with it, whereas, like, yeah. fiction, it you're you're falling into, like, some story, so you don't really need to cognitively think so much, right? Like, you're not right. learning. I mean, sometimes you're learning, but <laughs> most of the time you're just like, this is a cool story. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: need to prep to, to get <laughs> I'm like, am I emotionally available for this story? <laughs> oh, my God,
0: yeah. I mean, that's probably smart. Like, is this going to make me sad and cry? Like, yeah. <laughs> do I need to prepare for this?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but what was your impression? Um, I, yeah, like, I thought, like, I recommended the book because I was, like, I was interested in, trees and it was and it's like yeah it's so interesting i like i love like her way of like storytelling and so like for me like i'm definitely going to try to continue and finish this book um but yeah it it that like that mix of like sciency detail and like storytelling um i think yeah initially it was like oh is it going to be like a lot more sciency but mm-hmm. i think it, she she like combines it pretty well so i think it's like a good balance, and it's not too intimidating afterwards.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, hopefully, as you continue to read it, like you'll be able to start to distinguish those time jumps if she has any. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But maybe like now that you're kind of thinking about like the parallels, like maybe it'll help you to to catch those moments or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like even like when you were talking about the parallels. I was even thinking about like how she described um I think she was talking about her parents' divorce and how mm-hmm. it affected um her siblings and herself and how they could have been there for each other, but they like as young adults, they scattered. And mm-hmm. like when I thought about like that scattered word, it reminded me like of like seedlings kind of like scattering, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like they had to So I think you're, I know you just thought about it on the spot, but I'm like, yo, like they, like they scattered and then they, they like kind of started finding their way back to each other again and like strengthening that. Oh my God, they're building
0: that network.
1: Right? (laughs) You know, I feel like you, you.
0: I'm, I'm a thinker. You're a thinker.
1: (laughs) Philosophy maybe is your next career.
0: It's so funny because I did take philosophy as like my great, 12 religion elective yeah and I almost failed that class I was I was too philosophical so
1: yeah I was like you're so (laughs) existential sometimes how can you fail that class
0: I also did not apply myself okay okay I was like done I was like I want to graduate (laughs) yeah I want to become a journalist yeah (laughs) hard facts and objective I'm not thinking anymore. I'm yeah. just gonna report. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess I'm gonna finish the book. Are you gonna finish the book?
1: Yes, I'd love to. Yeah, I think I. I'm really. I'm really curious about trees, and it. It makes me really want to read more about it. So this is a good book to learn more about the, the research from that. end. so yes, I will definitely finish. This.
0: I I'm like I can't wait to read more of like her memoir pieces mm, mm-hmm. and because like, I think like what I'm what I'm really interested in is like the end piece like when she does come to the conclusion of like she found the mother tree or like how she came up with that mm-hmm. um because right now she's obviously like where I'm at she's obviously still like that's not even like in her mind yet I think oh no, yeah um so I I am like and I also I love the idea that like she's sort of pursuing science in a way that isn't what regular scientists do where they like they go to school for it specifically she she's kind of like going about it in a roundabout way which I think is really nice so I'm excited to see that process but then also see like how the rest of her life sort of weaves into it
1: Mhm for sure
0: Yeah Yeah. But this was, this was a really great book so far and I can't wait to, to finish it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening to us chat about finding the mother tree. And, um, if you've read it, if you're reading it, feel free to like drop a comment and send us a message and we can, we can chat more. Um, we really appreciate that you're listening to us. Um, don't forget to like and share and follow us on Instagram. Um,
1: and we'll be back next month. Yes. Goodbye. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> Thanks for being part of our community of rootedness. Oh my
0: God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: Thanks for being our roots. We're, we'll connect our roots to your roots and we'll yes. have some sort of symbiotic relationship and okay
1: <laughs> we're done we're done now
0: thank you thanks bye bye